Hey, Pastor Stephen here. Welcome to the Abundant Springs podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out online at AbundantSprings.Church. And now, on to this week's message. I had an experience uh, a, a week or week and a half ago of, uh, of getting to come home from a trail in the backcountry uh, alone in the dark. Now, it's, it's always interesting to me how you, know, you can be out during the daytime, you don't feel nervous, everything's fine, whatever. And then that sun starts to go down, right? And everything starts to look a little different. And you start to not be able to see quite as far away. And what I found is, is that, that after the sun set, after things started to get dark and my headlamp was on and wasn't, wasn't giving me near as much light as I would have preferred, I felt just an overwhelming sense of being alone and vulnerable. You know, I began to just make up songs and sing them really, really loudly, not only to comfort myself, but I also figured that way any bears or cougars that may be laying around on the, the side of the trail, you know, they would hear me coming and they'd either decide, oh, that guy sounds like a tasty treat and eat me, or, or they would uh, decide that they didn't want anything to do with me and I wouldn't surprise them, there'd be no issues, right? And, and so there was just this profound sense of being alone. Now, what's interesting is a few days later, I took Joshua to the same spot, and then we walked back in the dark. And what was amazing is being there with my 11-year-old son, who, I mean, let's face it, if I'm getting attacked by a bear, he's just running. <laughs> you know, he's not going to be any help to me. But just the fact that there was another human being there and that we were getting to, to talk together and chat as we went back, it was a, a totally different experience. There, there wasn't really any fear other than, you know, I, I do like to think of myself as a little bit of a good father. So just, you know, making sure that he wasn't falling too far behind or anything like that, that he was with me. But that, that same sense of vulnerability, that same sense of loneliness and danger wasn't there because I wasn't alone. I think that the experience of feeling alone is, is something that most of us have experienced at various points in our lives. And it's not usually a good feeling. Like, I'm not talking about, you know, if you have, have kids and the kids are out at friends' houses and so you're, like, alone for the next hour or two, that kind of alone. I mean, that's a good alone. That's like, wow, what am I going to do with my life right now? I have all this time. I guess I'll do housework. Uh, that's, you know, that, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. No, what I'm talking about is this experience of just, like, that overwhelming aloneness. Like, there's no one here. No one can understand me. No one knows what I'm going through. Nobody is paying attention to me. Or maybe it was just in, in that, that place of needing help, right? You need help, but there was no one around to give you the help that you felt like you needed. Or your situation was too big for you and you just wondered, how am I going to get through this? No one can help me with this. I'm all alone. I think this is something that, that many of us have experienced throughout our lives. During our, our Alpha experience that we uh, just wrapped up, I hope that, that those that, that partaked or partook in that, uh, that you felt a sense of connection, of community, as you were gathered around those tables with us and, and talking about Jesus with us. But if you were there, you would have noticed that a lot of our discussion revolved around this guy named Jesus. 
and we, and we talked about his importance. We talked about did he actually exist? All these really fundamental things. And I think that it's really good that we talked about that because he's kind of the central guy in this whole Christian faith that, uh, that, that most of us ascribe to. The reason why he's so significant for us is because he's done such a great thing for us. I don't think that it, it takes uh, much observation skills to open up a newspaper or turn on the news or even Facebook these days and see the great pains that the world is going through. To get this sense that, wow, things are not right. Things are messed up. Like sometimes I know when I open up uh, the, the news, I actually, I, I get a little bit angry inside because I'm just like, things aren't supposed to be this way. There's just a, a knowledge, a sense in us as human beings that things aren't right. And that's because there is. Scripture tells us that, that we live in a, a place of brokenness because of something called sin. And sin is anything that, that goes outside of God's design for humanity and for the world. And there's a whole lot of sin and there's a whole lot of brokenness in the world. And we try to get out of our brokenness in so many different ways, don't we? We try through success. We try through uh, new friendships. We, we might try through drugs and alcohol. We might, we might try through any number of methods. But what I've observed is, is that the harder we try to get out of our brokenness by pursuing these things, the harder we get brought back into that state of brokenness. At some point, something goes wrong and we're back where we started or even worse. But as Christians, we believe that God didn't give up on us, that he loved us, that he still loves us. And so God came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ and he lived a sinless life. And what happened? But we murdered him for it. We condemned him for it. And he hung on a cross and died. And then three days later, rose again. And he became the doorway through which we can enter. And all that brokenness is left at the door and laid on Jesus. And we walk through that door and become transformed as we leave our old ways behind and are ushered back into God's design. Now, the fact of the matter is, we know we still make mistakes. But it's not our goodness. It's not our perfection. Thank you, Jesus. That brings us into God's design, but it's Jesus' righteousness given to us that does that for us. So Jesus is a big deal. But see, we come here after Alpha, after talking all about Jesus and and as we read our Bible and, and come to the, the book that the physician Luke wrote, his history called the book of Acts, we find something that in one sense is wonderful and in another sense is kind of disturbing if we end the story here. And that is that after Jesus raises again, he spends some time with the disciples. He's victorious. He won the day. But then he goes back to heaven and leaves us alone. He leaves us alone. And so you might be thinking, you know, this Jesus guy is great, but he rose from the dead. He's back in heaven. Like, so what good is it now? Do I have to go through life by myself? Am I alone? And that's what we're going to talk about here today. Will you join me in just a, a word of prayer here? Heavenly Father, I just ask right now 
Lord Jesus, that in our brokenness, in our loneliness, in our desperate need for help and comfort, that you will meet us in this place. Lord, that you will ready our ears and our hearts and our minds to hear and to receive. And Lord, that we will also take what we hear today and that we will challenge it and test it against what is written in your word. And God, as I speak today, please take these feeble human words and make them something worthwhile. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to back us up a little bit. Christians believe that God is one God who exists eternally in three persons. And those three persons are known as the Father, as the Son, who we know as Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. If you think about it too much, your brain will hurt. Just take it as a good sign. You don't understand God, neither do I. It's awesome, all right? But what we believe and what we see in the Bible is that the Holy Spirit was present at the beginning of the universe. We're told in the first chapter of Genesis that the earth was formless and void and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And so the Spirit has been there from the very beginning. In fact, in the Old Testament, we see that when, Jesus, or when God creates human beings, he, he grabs the dust, he forms man out of dust, and he breathes into the man. And that word for breath is the same word that in the Hebrew is spirit. And so spirit is breathed from God. The Spirit of God gives life to human beings. The Spirit of God is an essential part of creation. It's there from the very beginning. And what we also believe is that the Holy Spirit is God's presence here, now, and at all times. If we go back to the Jewish scriptures, which we, uh, in our Christian Bibles, call the Old Testament, it's that first part of the Bible, we, we see that the Holy Spirit would fill particular people in particular times and in particular locations to fulfill some sort of purpose. So maybe it was a prophet or maybe it was somebody that was going to be specifically gifted to create a temple for God in just the way that he wanted. But it wasn't something that was really open to everyone. It was limited. Access to God was limited. But in that same Old Testament, what we see is prophecies that were pointing the way towards a time when the Holy Spirit suddenly wouldn't be limited to just a few people in a few places, but would actually be for all people always. The doors would be thrown open. And then we come to the New Testament, which is the part of the Bible written after Jesus' death and resurrection. And here we have recorded the fulfillment of this prophecy. See, Jesus left and he told his followers to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. So there they were on the day of Pentecost, a Jewish feast day, and 120 of them are up in the upper room of the temple and they're praying. Now imagine this, you're, you're in a prayer meeting with 120 people when suddenly the sound of a rushing wind comes through the door. Now in Pincher Creek, that might actually be pretty usual. You know, we're just, shut the door, somebody, will you? But, but for them, no, not so normal. It comes rushing in, and no matter who you are, this part's weird. What looked like flames appeared over top of their heads. And they began to praise and glorify God in languages that they didn't know. 
Now, you can imagine 120 people suddenly all shouting the praises of God in different languages and a rushing wind and all the things going on. When you're in the upper room of the temple and you've got thousands of people in Jerusalem in the temple for this day there to worship God, they're going like, what is that noise? So they run in there and they go to see what's going on and they are just blown away because some of them are from faraway places and it's their hometown languages that these fishermen are speaking. They're like, how, 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 do, how are they all doing this? And other people, they, they just hear the commotion and they're like, well, you know, early morning drunks, that's all it is. And then one of the apostles, Jesus' followers, Peter, he stood up and he proclaimed this and it's recorded in Acts chapter 2, verse 16. He says, no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Peter says, listen, what, what was prophesied so long ago, it's for today. That Holy Spirit that came on people every once in a while back long ago, he is available for all people today. There are great things here. Now we are in the last days. And people are like, what do we have to do to receive this Holy Spirit? And he said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be baptized and you will be filled. What an amazing thing. But of course, there's some, some questions that we have to answer, and the first of those is, who is the Holy Spirit, right? Because you're like, okay, that, that's cool. You just read some neat stuff about the Holy Spirit. You said the Holy Spirit's kind of like God, but, or is God. But who is he? Like, like really, what am I getting myself into? And, and so the first thing you see on the screen behind me is that the Holy Spirit is the helper and the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the helper and the comforter. If you feel alone, he's there with you. If you feel distraught, he's there with you. Jesus says this, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. He says, when the helper comes, who is the helper? It refers to the Holy Spirit. And this word that we have here, helper, it's a translation into English of the Greek word parakletos, which literally means called to one side or one who is called to someone's aid. And it looks something like this. Second and third, but then less than 400 meters from the finishing line, unbelievable. Johnny Brownlee would start to find fatigue. He did not know where he was. And something that we've never seen before, Alistair Brownlee would help his brother to the finishing line Henry Schumann could not believe his eyes. He would have himself an ability to get to the finish and win the grand final. The crowd absolutely could not believe what they were seeing. Henry Schumann, the man who had been the bronze medalist at the Olympic Games, would claim the grand final. What an incredible rock star season for Henry Schumann. And as he crossed the line, he would look back and not believe what he was seeing. The two Brownlee brothers trying to make their way to their finishing line with Richard Murray just seconds behind. And Alistair Brownlee would help the younger of the Brownleys in, push him across the line. It would be Johnny second, Alistair third. Listen, when you can't stand on your own, when you feel like you can't keep going in the race, when your legs are about to give out, when you have no more strength, 
The Holy Spirit of God comes to your aid. He comes to your side and he carries you across the line. The Holy Spirit is the helper and the comforter. You always have God with you, helping and comforting you. Second thing, the Holy Spirit helps break you free of destructive patterns. Destructive patterns are things like uh, alcoholism, like any kind of addiction in your life, like any type of, of uh, habit that you're in that you can't seem to break out of. Maybe it's just that, that you, know, you watch too much TV and it feels like anything you do, you can't get out of that. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit can help you with that. Maybe it's some sort of addiction to something that is is breaking your life apart or breaking your marriage apart. Listen, he can help you with that. I want to tell a story about my grandparents. I've been told that when they were were young and first married, that uh, that they were an abusive couple towards one another. That they actually, uh, they they were heavy alcoholics, heavy smokers, and, and regularly, verbally, and emotionally abused one another. And, and they went to, to doctors and therapists for help, and the doctors and therapists said, no, you're beyond help. The best thing that you guys could do for each other is just to get a divorce. You're toxic. Cut it out. For some reason, they didn't heed the doctor's advice, and, and one day they, they came to know Jesus. And they received the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and the way that they've told it to me is at that exact moment, all desire for alcohol and cigarettes was gone. Never had a desire again. And their relationship was improved. And to this day, they're still together, even as my, my grandma is caring for my, my grandfather uh, in his, his last days, his last moments. I, we've, we've been told for the last six months that he could go at any time. And yet they're still together at the age of, I think, 80, 81 years old because of the Holy Spirit. Now, am I saying that if you get filled with the Holy Spirit, every problem in your life, bam, it's all going to be gone. Everything's going to be fixed. Everything's going to go perfectly. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it could happen. It could happen. But let me tell you that the Holy Spirit will help you and give you strength to break through those things that you don't feel you have the capacity to overcome. When you're overwhelmed and you feel like there's no way out, the Holy Spirit can help you through that. The Holy Spirit is going to give you the push that you need to make your way through that. He can break you free of destructive patterns because he is the helper, he is the comforter, and he gives us strength. See, the Apostle Paul writes that the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, when the Spirit is in you, the things that are birthed out of that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. When the Holy Spirit is in you, he grows this fruit in you. And let, let me tell you, when I look at destructive patterns and when I look at the fruit of the Spirit, the two don't go together, do they? So as you grow in joy, as you grow in peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control, you can't help but break destructive patterns. The Holy Spirit's bigger than it all. And if you let him, he will transform your life. He will change you inside out and he will make you new. He will break you free. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit empowers you to serve others and to share Jesus' message of hope. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, the spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 
To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and someone. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. And still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts and he alone decides which gift each person should have. Listen, we don't just get together at church on a Sunday because it's the right thing to do. We don't just get together at church on a Sunday because we want to just take it all in. We get together at church on a Sunday because we are here citizens of another kingdom living in this world living in a countercultural way in a world that increasingly is saying, you know what, these Christians are disruptive. They're weird. And maybe even we don't like them that much. And we need to support each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to build each other up. We need to push each other forward. See, the great thing about being a Christian is we can have the Holy Spirit in us and we can also have one another around us. And the Holy Spirit gives us gifts that can be used to build one another up. And not only that, but also begin to push outward into the world and show that message of hope of Jesus into this world. Because don't you know, this world needs Jesus. This world needs hope. This world needs love. This, joy, this world needs joy and peace and patience and kindness. They need this stuff. What, what a wonderful story that, that Penny shared with us earlier about the, the way that, that a church gathered around somebody and showed love and kindness. That's the kind of stuff that the church needs to do. That's the kind of stuff that changes people's hearts and their lives. So friends, the great news is, is that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit if you ask. That's the great news. You might say, oh, I don't know, Pastor Stephen. No, Jesus says so. He says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's the qualification. It's not like do, do a little dance and if you're one of the special ones, you might get a little bit of the Holy Spirit in your life. He says, no, the, the, your heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. It, it, it's that simple. He wants to give it to you. He wants to give you good gifts. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, some people get confused on this point. They start to think that, that only people that are filled with the Spirit have any of the Holy Spirit. And, and then we get in, in some, some headaches between believers. What I want you to know is, is that Scripture is very clear. Anyone who follows Jesus does have the Holy Spirit in them. You're not alone. You do have the Holy Spirit in you. But there is a difference between having the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can put it this way. Uh, have you ever experienced looking at your cell phone, maybe you're on, on the internet or you're, you're phoning someone and you've only got like barely one bar, right? And then as you're going along, this usually happens to me when I'm driving down the highway. I've barely got any cell service and then all of a sudden you crest the hill and you go to five bars. Have you ever experienced that? 
right? You were still able to make the calls. You were still able to make text messages and, and kind of use the internet. It worked, right? But isn't it so much better at five bars? Isn't it just better? Like too many of us, I think, go around going, well, I got one bar. Do I really need better? I got one bar. Do I really need more cell service? Isn't that ridiculous? I'm sorry. I'll take five bars any day. And likewise, I think that we all need to be striving after being filled with the Spirit. In fact, the, the Apostle Paul tells us to be filled with the Spirit, and, and the words that he used there are actually in the tense that says that we are to be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't ever stop. Just keep being filled. Keep asking for more. We see this with the disciples. They've been filled with the Spirit. Then they come up against hard times, and we're told that they began to pray that the Holy Spirit would give them boldness. And what happened? Suddenly, the Holy Spirit came, and they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. So continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want, I want to let you know, everyone reacts different ways to good news, right? Everyone reacts differently uh, when exciting things happen. Some of us are like, yeah, that was pretty cool. And others of us are just like freaking out, right? And the same thing can happen when we receive the Holy Spirit too. You know, some people, they're just like, yeah, what a, what a sense of love, what a sense of, of peace, of joy. Man, this is just so wonderful. Some people might break out in laughter and just be like, wow. Of the, of the more common supernatural signs, you know, we see speaking in unknown languages, which we usually refer to as tongues. And it can be earthly languages or a spiritual language where your spirit is speaking to God without the need for human words to intercede. And it can be a powerful thing, but, but listen, Paul says that the Spirit gives to each as he desires us to have. And so whatever gifts the Spirit gives you, whatever experience of the Spirit, I encourage you all, just allow the Spirit to connect with you and fill you and respond in whatever way you feel is appropriate. And if that's that you feel that there are words on your tongue to speak, begin to speak those words. If it's just a, a, a shout of joy has to come out of your mouth, then let that shout of joy come out of your mouth. Just let the joy of the Lord flow through you as you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But we put barriers in the way. One of the most common ones is doubt, right? Oh, it's not going to happen to me. I, I, I don't know. This seems weird. I, I, I think that, you know, I've prayed for it before. It didn't happen. So I don't think that it can happen to me now. I, I think it's a lost cause. But, but listen, Jesus promises that when we persistently pursue being filled, he will give it to us. He says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks Finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So don't doubt. Don't say, no, it can't happen to me. The Holy Spirit says, listen, just knock and keep knocking and keep pushing. Keep seeking and it will be given to you. Another barrier that we have is fear of the unknown or receiving something that we don't want. Right? This guy, sound, this Holy Spirit guy, he sounds pretty cool, but... I don't know, I've seen some Holy Spirit people and they've done some pretty weird stuff and I don't know that I'm up for that, right? Or what happens if all of a sudden I become just, I, I don't know what to expect, I'm really scared. 
Jesus says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Right? If your kid's hungry, you're not like, here's a deadly serpent, still alive. Go ahead and chew on that. No. If you did, Child Protective Services would take the kid away. <laughs> kind of dumb. Don't do that. And God's like, if you're not stupid enough to do that, you think I'm stupid enough to do that? No, I'm going to give you even greater things. If you ask me for the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to be like, ha, huh, I'm just going to kick you instead. That's not what he's going to do. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. And he's going to give you good things from the Holy Spirit. And so friends, whether we're tired of being alone and we feel like we need help or we just want to become more like Jesus or we want to make a bigger difference in the world, let me tell you that Jesus has sent us his Holy Spirit to give us what we need. Okay? And if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know that I need this, let me ask you this. Have you looked out at the streets lately? Have you looked at Pincher Creek? Have you heard the stories of people's brokenness, of people that don't have enough to eat, of people that are stuck in cycles of addiction and poverty, people that hate one another, people that are beating on each other? It's out there. It's happening. Don't you think that they need Jesus, that they need a change, that they need hope, that they need love? And if the church can't help them, then who can? We need to be able to do what we can. Let me bring this closer to home. If you have kids, grandkids, or nieces, nephews, what would you give to see them live their best life? To see them have hope? To see them experience overwhelming love? And to be the kind of people that you wish everyone would be? Don't you want them to have a vibrant relationship with Jesus? Because you know, one of the top things that causes children to walk away from following Jesus is seeing parents whose faith would best be described as dead. Just going through the motions. No life, no power, no presence, no emotion. I mean, what kid wants that? What teen wants that? But if they see someone filled with the Holy Spirit and vibrant and alive and in love, let me tell you, that that sticks with a person. That keeps them going. So in a moment, we're going to have a little bit of music playing and we're going to have a time of prayer and it's going to be an opportunity to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you might be here thinking, well, been there, done that. That's great. Ask to be filled again. What's it going to hurt? Or maybe you're like, this stuff's weird. We already talked about that. I believe that the Holy Spirit has more in store for every single one of us and that we need to spend some time with him. But first, in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible makes it pretty clear that you need to place your trust in Jesus. No Jesus, no spirit. And so I just want to give an opportunity for anyone that might be watching online or that's here in this room right now. If, if you heard what I talked about at the beginning of this message about Jesus and you've been hearing about the Holy Spirit, and maybe you walked with us through Alpha and, and things just began to, to click in your brain. I want us all, just if everybody could close your eyes and bow your heads right now in this place. And I'm just going to pray 
a prayer, inviting Jesus into our lives. And if everybody can pray this prayer so no one feels singled out, but if, you're pray, if you pray this prayer from your heart, I want you to know that in this moment you are giving your all to Jesus and that he's coming alongside you. So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I deserve the consequence of my sin. But I trust in you, Jesus, your work on the cross, and in the life I receive from your resurrection. I place my trust in you as my master and my savior. Give me strength. Change me. Use me. In Jesus' name, amen. If nobody looking around right now, I'm the only one looking around. If you just prayed that prayer from your heart today and gave your life to Jesus, will you just slip your hand up so that I can know who you are and make sure that we get you connected with some resources to help you take the next step? Awesome. At this time, I'm just going to ask that uh, we put some music on softly and it's all around this place. If, if there's a thought coming into your head right now, will you just give that to God? Sometimes Satan will use these moments to, to attack us and make us feel insignificant or unworthy. And if, if that's happening right now, just, just rebuke Satan in Jesus' name. He has no authority over you. He has no power over you. And just give those thoughts to Jesus. Ask him to show you the truth right now. Or maybe the Holy Spirit right now is just showing you something in your life that's not right. Will you just give that to God and just say, God, I, I acknowledge that's not right, but I know that you're bigger than that. Thank you for forgiving me and help me. Help me, Lord, to change. Help me not to be stuck in this pattern anymore. Just fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. Fill me, Lord Jesus. Fill me, Lord Jesus. I'm going to invite Steve and Cynthia to come and join me up here. And, and just as, as you're praying here today, if... if if you'd like someone to pray for you uh, regarding being filled with the Holy Spirit or regarding um, needing healing or a situation in your life that you just feel like you can't do on your own, and we're, we're up here for the, the next few minutes here. Just to, if you want prayer, we, we want to, to pray for you. Now, I understand that there might be some people that are like, listen, this isn't, this isn't doing anything for me. I got to get going. And, and that, that's fine. If you got to go, you got to go. But I do hope that you'll stick with us, that you will receive today what the Holy Spirit wants to give you, what he wants to impart into your life. So just uh, all around this room, uh, we're going we're gonna to say goodbye to our online friends so that there's just privacy for those that are in this place right now. And, and as we do that, as we stand here in, in his presence or sit in his presence, feel free to come to the front or pray where you are. We've got people available to pray for you right now.